0: Hello, hello and welcome back to the Women's Rugby Show Weekly Podcast with me, Sam, by the way. We are back again with episode 9, kind of a pre-Christmas bumper special for you all. We'll be talking all things PWR and talk to three different sides, getting a bit of perspective from across the league. We'll also be having a little bit of a pathway special as we'll be talking to a couple of members of England England 20s, one from a coach's perspective and one from a player's perspective as they're in camp this week. And we'll be also looking at Hartford College and their FE kind of ace programme, Talk to their forwards coach, Georgia Brock, after their return from the World Schools Festival over in Thailand. And as always, we'll be rounding off the news and kind of taking a look at how the tables and other leagues across the, across the world heading into Christmas. If you're listening to this over on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you check us out on Instagram on YouTube to kind of see it in video form and also see all of the content we produce throughout the week. But if you're watching this on YouTube or watching on Instagram, make sure you head over to Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcast to listen to us on the go. Let's get into this episode. Like I mentioned in the introduction, you've got a lot of kind of interview content and different voices coming in this episode. So I'll rattle through a little bit, just on a PWR roundup first. And there was just one home win last weekend with Bristol beating the Trailfinders, and obviously that means three away wins. Gloucester Harpier at Exeter Chiefs, Saracens at Leicester Tigers, and also Leicester and Loughborough Lightning at Sale Sharks. A game we were at, and Saracens remain top, kind of with that perfect record. They've been very good so far this season, but they'll be having their Biggest test of the season so far coming up. And we'll be talking to Alex Osprey and Ella Vivas about that as he take on Bristol. And we'll also be talking to Dave Ward and Amber Reid about that. In the terms of kind of stats around the weekend and also the season so far, um, Cordy McDonald is now top try scorer after a brace over the weekend. It's one of six braces of tries actually over the weekend in the PWR, with Sophie he's still the top point scorer. And just kind of some also other impressive stats. Paige Farries of Saracens made the most metres, the most line breaks, beat the most defenders and also um, had the most tries this over weekend. Had an incredible weekend for the Canadian winger and Saracens mm-hmm. winger. And from the game we watched, Moenna Tallin made a tackle count of 31, which is just ridiculously impressive. And she's kind of so instrumental for that sales. I mean, you can see that watching them at the weekend as well. And this weekend, three games coming up over the weekend: one on Friday, two on Saturday. And kind of the round is completed with a big game 15 on the 30th between Hawkins and Gloucester harpery But this weekend we've got Trailfinders against Sale, Saracens against Bristol, and Loughborough against Exeter. Enough of me talking and kind of um, just chatting on. Um, time to speak to you from Bristol: Dave Ward and Amber Reed. From Saracens: Alex Osprey and Ella Vivas. And from Loughborough: Nathan Smith and Chloe Raleigh. Alex first, just do these kind of big games make your job easier in terms of kind of getting the players hyped up and switched on and more
1: focused? Uh, That's a a tough one, really. I I think the the players naturally, you know, they want to be involved in the biggest of games on the biggest of stages. So I think these are the ones that, you know, when they're old and grey and catch me up being old and grey, you know, that's, that's the, the games they look back on, you know, the real tough ones where it's a real battle. It's decided by really small margins, you know, and, and you know, they're the ones that I think players get excited by, like, you know, it gets the fires burning. Um, so relatively, it's more about keeping focus, keeping disciplined and not getting, you know, caught up in the emotion or the, the momentum, whichever way it's going. And that's probably where where our, our focus is, or certainly mine, lies in, in the approach of some of these games is that we can't almost go too far we've still got to understand that yeah there's emotions positive if we channel it in the right way uh, but we can't let get you know get carried up in it and get caught away uh, caught away with it so it's 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 the players will have a good bounce about them obviously off the back of some good form and some good performances but i think as i said at the in the, at one of the previous answers you know that they look at the Ella's got some mates there we've got some players that you know moved across there so you look out for it on the fixture list and I, I'm sure that gets the I say gets it gets them burning to, to want to put in a, a really impressive performance again that period just before Christmas when there's going to be hopefully quite a good crowd in you know I think that gets them going so short answer is no I think it's it's probably easier it's just the emotional control that we've got to get right
0: You mentioned that form obviously you're four from four kind of heading into this game just how important is carrying that momentum over for yourselves into the new year?
1: Yeah, the, the momentum, whether it be that you know a swing of momentum in the in a game or whether it be the momentum in the season, as, as we saw last year, if you can build that, it gives you that extra spring in your step, the confidence build. And, you know, I think you'd be borderline virgin on madness if you said you don't want momentum. Like, absolutely, you do want to keep building it. But that's the thing, it's keep building on other areas as well. Keep building your game, go forward, making sure that the performances are there. Because sometimes results don't go, go your way, but that's where you've got to make sure that you don't, oh, you know, Fall off a cliff with it. It's keep building. It's keep building. So momentum has you know, lots of different different meanings. But you know, would I would I want to be going into uh, January and into the new year? You know, five from five, absolutely. Um, will Will I want to perform? Got in a, in a big game against Bristol, absolutely. You know, if we don't get the result that we're wanting and we we're working for, then, you know, that's not, it's not the end of the world, but it's it will just be a little setback. But again, we've then got to build and learn from that. So I think the mixture really is building momentum, but making sure you take your learning opportunities. And it's, it's you know, people say, oh, you learn more in defeat. I'd rather learn a lot more in, in, you know, victory. So that's hopefully what we'll get at the weekend.
0: And Obviously, there were three Davytons on Saturday against Leicester. Just how happy were you with them? Obviously, you've touched on Tory a little bit, but obviously Carmen and Beth as well.
1: Yeah, you know, fantastic. Uh, like, like Tori, very similar to Amelia, in that she's got an unbelievably exciting future ahead of her. She's got a bit of competition next to me that she's got to to fight past first, but that will be great for her. Um, uh, Beth, unfortunately, that when she came back from WXV, picked up a quad strain. She was looking fantastic, you know, comfortable on the ball, decent carrier, very physical in defence, uh, and she came on uh, back quarter of the game and, and did well, but. We've seen her a lot in training, so you know we expect that because that's what she's showing day in, day out. And I think where her potential for her game to go is, is exciting, gives us another little tool in that midfield to see, you know, change balance, look at what we're doing. Uh, and then Carmen, a uh, Carmen, someone that we've we've long admired. You know, very tough, tough matches against against Worcester, and obviously very sad what happened there. But we were we were really pleased when we could we could find a home for Carmen because again she's very much under the radar you know but what she does day in day out week in week out season in season out you know she's she's metronomic in terms of what she what she does and how she performs and it's it's very much someone that is is underrated i think by the rugby world but does you know does immense amount and is fully you know massively respected in the teams that she plays in quiet but you know gets on does her job and does it incredibly well so yeah happy that she's got a debut looking forward to seeing the, the scrum battles this evening um to see what, what, what the front rows look like for the weekend.
0: And another one of those newer plays, also from us to Paige, Farris, obviously, I think the stats came out today that she made the most metres, most line breaks, beat the most defenders and the most tries across the league over the weekend. Just how much of an impact has she made kind of this season's coming in?
1: <laughs> I mean, those stats speak for themselves. I'm not, I'm not a big stat man, but they sound pretty good. Um Yeah, I, I think, again... Y- it's easy to say. we've seen Paige a lot whether it be you know a Canada shirt and a Worcester shirt and she's dangerous. You know the, the, the biggest compliment I can I compare probably prior to her being in the group is that I don't like playing against her. you know she's, she's really threatening, really dangerous and she's translated that straight into a Saracen shirt but I think probably the, the biggest the biggest kind of compliment and, and bit that I knew having spoke to people about her prior to, to her coming to the club. She's just an incredibly decent human being, Um, you know, works hard, bounces off people. Um, She brings an energy to the group, quite quirky, but Ella can probably talk more about quirkiness than me. Um, but she's she's fantastic and you know there's a reason why she has been so successful across the clubs and, and with Canada and I'm really excited to see where she can go because I think we're scratching the surface of some of the things that she's done in the Saracen shirt and they were pretty special at the weekend so I, I very much look forward to seeing her grow develop further you know with us and and see how that like translates to pack four and WXBs and, and World Cups etc but yeah she's a she's a very exciting talent and uh, we're very lucky in that we've got a lot of a lot of exciting talents that bounce off each other, drive each other forward, and and to be honest, they make it pretty exciting to coach. And uh, yeah, I look forward to to being in awe and hopefully not getting caught in awe by the players with my jaw it right in the ground.
0: And Ella, just as Alex just touched on, just how important are these kind of characters and new characters coming into the club for you to enjoy yourself within the club, but also enjoy yourself playing rugby as well?
2: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's it's a really refreshed team this year. We've lost a lot of key players, but gained. Probably double as many, so it's yeah. We as much as we're gaining new ex, new rugby experience, new skills, whatever. It's I think the main thing is that you're gaining new dynamics within the team. So yeah, it's really exciting. There's new new changing room setups, new friendships, new everything. So yeah, it's real real exciting for what's to come.
0: And finally, Alex, kind of touching at the start there, kind of these big occasions, how it's what you'll be looking back on when you finish your career. Just how excited are you for Saturday? Obviously a massive game against one of the last year's semi-finalists in front of hopefully a big crowd just before Christmas?
2: Yeah, massively. And the, the big games are the ones you remember, as you said. But as Alex has touched on, like this league, I say it every year, this league is just different gravy now. It's just absolutely every week is, you don't know, you don't know what, what's going to come and you don't know how the game's going to go, which I think three years ago, probably couldn't have said that. You probably knew the weaker teams you were gonna play against kind of how that was gonna go but the last weekend is exactly an example of that kind like it's just the the league is ever growing and completely exciting now so the big games really might not be much more exciting than than the games that you wouldn't consider big so yeah every, every week is big.
0: Thanks for your best of luck for the weekend. Cheers thank you but for me. Um you kind of mentioned how tough Saracens are to be it's just how much is it about kind of focusing on yourselves and not focusing too much on all their strengths?
3: Uh, Sam, I think it's, it's really important. Like, again, last night, we've we we we've got to give Saracens the respect they deserve. They've won four from four. They've got some fantastic players. We've got to know what's coming to nullify. But then, like you say, we've got to bring what we bring to the table as well. No one plays like Bristol Bears in, in the league. Um, teams play similar or play slightly the same or different, but no one has the same carry. Pass, offload ratio as us. No one has the same possession as us. Um, and I'd like to think no one has the same framework or, st- or structure as us. So we've got to bring that to the table. The one thing I will say is teams know that's coming. we just got to make sure we're accurate with it. And if we are, like we've shown time and time again, we're a match for any team. Um, tonight's very important in terms of that training-wise. And then Thursday, less so, because obviously we can get not as much done. Um, but we've got to make sure we t- Thursday's a confidence booster. Just to make sure that when we are calling the right calls, we're doing the right things, we're getting it correct. So then on Saturday when we rock up, um, it, it, it's second nature.
0: And you mentioned that uh, Brandon and this is a Christmas cracking. and you think kind of the hype around the game makes it more exciting for the players and yourself heading into it.
3: Yeah, hundred percent. Like you know, everyone's coming in on Monday. There's, there's a buzz, isn't there? It's on TNT, twelve thirty kickoff. Sarah Cox is a referee. Like. It, it couldn't get any bigger uh, for the for the league in terms of like two teams that want to challenge, like Claire says, those like, top two, top four spots. Um, you know, myself and Alex don't particularly get on, which is fine as well. You know, like a healthy rivalry. We're, we're, that's all well and good. You know, like there's there's lots of subplots to it, which is which is quite nice. And oh, we like that in rugby. You know, it, we don't have to be all friendly and get on with everyone. We we want the stories. We 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 want to to have these games where actually that it does mean something and someone's going to have a good Christmas and someone isn't.
0: And you mentioned those kind of clashes all across across the pitch with the internationals and both sides. Do you think that's kind of a testament to where the league's going now that a game like this has all these international clashes across it?
3: Yeah, absolutely. And like, look, I, you, you see it and in, in every game. Like you were at the Loughborough Sale game, I think. With, yeah. I mean, there was twenty-one internationals in that game. And there's no disparity to laugh or sale, but again, just to just to start that game with, with that amount of international players, um, you look throughout the league, um, it's littered with internationals players with absolute quality, and they get punished. You know, like if you're if you're not on the ball, you're going to get punished. Now teams, teams are in their position. The fact that Worcester uh, got out of the league all of a sudden that their sort of players dispersing throughout the league has just strengthened everyone else, and you've seen that again with. Um, with players going obviously to us but to, to, to trail finders you know, Vicky Laughlin was their player of the day at the weekend Karis Cox had a very good game but again all these players coming into different teams strengthening them it only makes it better viewing for, for the spectator and you asked me to predict the the, the the results of the weekend I probably couldn't you know probably one of them but that's about it
0: and obviously you've got all those international you do have those younger players like, like to Jenny Heskef Gabrielle Negrelli just how important is kind of finding the balance of getting them that game time to grow them, but also having the strongest squad out there.
3: Yeah, I, I, again, I think it, it's got to be on merit. Like those guys, they, they deserve their opportunity on merit, absolutely. I think Jenny's coming and done a fantastic job. Gabrielle Negrelli, a lot of people, obviously, have, have seen her play now. They know what she's about a bit more. She's making a name for herself. And again, you know, if she gets an opportunity this weekend, I'm sure, sure she'll take it. Like, And I think what happens with these players like Jenny, like Gabriella, like Ella Loverbond... The fact they're training with these internationals every day, they know what the standard is now. They know what's required. Um, they see like the quality of Amber Reed's passing, the 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 work of of Evie Gallagher. You know, Jenny's starting to be like, right, okay. Courtney Keat, who's doing her rehab, is probably working harder than anyone else in the program, and she's on her rehab program, um, and she's an international fullback. So for for Ella and Jenny to see that is again, just testament, one to the international for what they're doing, but two for those girls coming in, usually off the back of the day of lectures, if they choose to go to them, um, which I do encourage, by the way, um, and to have to then, you know, like I said, put in a, a full shift from five till five till nine um, to play in the Premiership at the weekend.
0: And just the last one for me, obviously touched on how you've had those six games in a row. You've got the week off first after Christmas, just how is kind of the training and the schedule going to be like for you get you guys heading into the new year?
3: Well, Sam, you'll be pleased to know I am the nicest DOR in the Premier League or head coach. I've given them New Year's Day off and the second. I mean, it's ridiculous. I want to be in New Year's Day. My management team taught me out of it. I, I train New Year's Day as a player. I play New Year's Day. So I was like in my day and they were like, you're ridiculous. So they've got the first and the second off. They'll come in the fourth. We'll um, give them that weekend off um, to enjoy themselves and then we're back into Leicester. So it, like, the girls can really enjoy their Christmas. And I've kind of said like. <clears throat> Don't leave anything out there this week. Leave everything on the table in training. Absolutely go for it. Go for it Saturday and then put your feet up. Um, and like I said, I've given them the first and the second off, which is unprecedented as a coach in, in my history, certainly. I probably won't be doing it again.
0: Obviously, Dave's kind of touched on this before about how Saracen's a brand this game kind of as a Christmas cracker, massive event. Just how special are these kind of big games for players, especially right before Christmas?
4: Yeah, I think the leaves def- definitely getting more competitive, but the big games to the ones that pull in the crowd. If you can market it right, you can get people down and especially around the holiday time, the Christmas people probably have a bit more time off or like it's more of a family occasion. So I think definitely that marketing side and to get people there just creates that atmosphere that, that we want to see the Friday night at Gloucester, the first Friday night game we've had, we had over a thousand people at Shastu Park watching um, and that was pretty special. So obviously Bristol Saris, big game, um, top four contenders, to then have that at Christmas and, and the way that they're they're putting it out there is definitely going to be a special occasion. And one, it's on TV, um, but also that's how you grow the game. That's how you get people interested to come back in the new year as well.
0: And it's obviously been a massive block of rugby for yourselves, just I think six games in a row. Just, how important has it been to kind of keep momentum going and going when it's been tougher and tougher with like knocks and niggles heading in through this block?
4: Uh, yeah it's definitely been a bit of a tough block but we've known that from the start and we knew we just had to buckle down and get into it. I think um, it's been more mental um, especially off the back of a WXV as well it feels like we're almost halfway through our season already and I think that's probably where some of our frustrations came from um, especially early doors like we got off well against Sale um, and then obviously had the two games against Exeter and Gloucester and Everyone was a bit frustrated that it wasn't quite clicking, but you kind of have to remind yourself that, yes, we've got new people in and it's not going to click in two, three weeks because um, that's pretty much the time that we had together. Um, so I think the biggest challenge for us has been managing the expectation um, and the frustration. Um, but yeah, we've Dave's <laughs> kind of right at the start. He's like, you've got six games in a row and we're going hell for leather because we want to be in a good place come come New Year. So... Yeah, we've definitely been prepared for it. Um, doesn't necessarily make it easy at times. Um, but we've got a great backroom staff here, uh, SNC medics who have all looked after us as well. So yeah, the squad's in a pretty good place.
0: And just the last one from me, Dave mentioned that he's given you first and the second off. Just how excited are you for kind of a, a bit of a break over new year?
4: Um, yeah, it'd be be really nice. Obviously, really unfortunate that Worcester. Um, obviously that's the reason why we get those couple of days off and um yeah, it's a bit of a sad situation, but I think for us, it's a really good chance, especially like you said, off the back of six games in a row to have a bit of time um, to be able to get away. And obviously I'm from Bristol, so I get to see my family quite a lot. But for the girls that are travelling, um, obviously, like we've alluded to, there's lots of internationals, so they actually get a good chance to go home and spend time with family and reset, which I think is really important, especially how our season's going at the moment. Um, It just seems to be getting longer and longer. So yeah, the times that we can get like this um, to to go away and have a bit of a break from rugby are, are really important.
0: Cheers, I'm the best. Look for the weekend. Thank you very much, um, Nathan. Just a few quick ones for me, really. Obviously, um, I was at the game on Saturday. Just kind of, what are your reflections from that win?
5: Um, yeah, I was just really happy with the way we played in general. To be honest, like I thought it, it was probably the first performance. It's really reflected how we've been training and how we've prepared for the game, which is really impressive. I was really um, pleased with our 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 defensive physicality, which was probably missing the week before. So it's good to see that as well. I thought, you know, we had 15 people on the field and 23 people in the squad that really wanted to play for Lightning and really wanted to do well. So that was also really pleasing to see.
0: Is it kind of a difficult place to go, Sale, when they've got that kind of tough home record? Obviously, beating Harlequins at home recently. They're growing inside the with kind of a lot of international talent. Is it a tough place
5: to go for an away side? Yeah. Like, I, I, I just think it's not just Sale. I just don't think there's any easy games. Like, it's it's a tough league. Like, every time I'm just scheduling for the next um, block, and it's like you're looking at the fixtures, and like every game's you know, a tough game like regardless of whether it's home, whether it's away. It 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 is a seriously tough league at the moment, which is good.
0: And obviously Carmela had a brace at the weekend just how impressed have you been with her so far? This season obviously kinda um, came to side at the end of last season, but how impressed have you been with her this season so far?
5: Yeah, really impressed. I think um, she's worked really hard in the off season. I think she worked really hard in the Premiership Cup um, period to earn the right really to play in the Premiership I think um, she's just growing week on week she's still got a lot to learn she's from more of a sevens background so she's still learning the 15 a side game um, but it's just great to be able to have a play like that to develop I think in terms of a 12 she's got she potentially got everything in terms of she can carry and she can pass which is and kick Obviously, so it's uh no, it's uh, exciting to work with players like that.
0: How important is it kind of finding the balance of the players like Carmela kind of in the start of a career and those who've kind of got international caps, got lots of international caps, for example like Chloe Raleigh?
5: Yeah, I think um I think mean, within any team you've got a balance, like if you have, you know, fifteen world class players and they're never here, they're they're always away with their international teams, then you're not going to build much of a team. Um, but then you need those world-class players to come back into your group and add that stardust that you need to get you over the line and win games and perform well. But it's, you know, we all have a responsibility within the league to develop players, essentially. Like, the EQP is getting higher. And I think I've i said in the past, I probably said to yourself, like there's no better feeling as a coach to be able to take someone from... Um, an academy position and and bring them bring them through and give them an opportunity um, to display what you're seeing in training. Um, but there is definitely definitely need a blend between the the young younger players coming through who need developing, the Premiership players who are going to be your core week in week outers, and then your international stardust that you sprinkle on top of it.
0: And obviously, Chiefs this weekend, one of our year's finalists, just. How important is it to kind of carry that momentum from last weekend forward into this one?
5: Yeah, essentially, like, the challenge is how do we back-to-back performances? Like, I thought we played really well at the weekend, but I didn't think it was by any means, you know, we've peaked. Um, So it's a case of how do we just double up um, doing what we've been doing in training, which is the challenge. Regardless of the result, I have to see what I saw defensively um, in our tackles, but also we need to now also just step up our attack and get that fire in as well. So it's so it's an exciting it's an exciting challenge. I'm kind of uh, back in
0: Franklin's Garden as well, just how much do the Dales kind of enjoy playing there at home?
5: Yeah, 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 really enjoy playing there. Um you know it's a great stadium to play, great pitch to play on. Um so yeah, I think the excitement will also will only get greater the more we play there. You know, there's a lot of people within that group that have not played much rugby there. However, we want to build um, a relationship and a rapport with the stadium where every time we go in there, we're putting a performance on.
0: And finally, just last one for me, just what's kind of the plans for this group over New Year? Have you given them any time off or is it kind of straight back in after this weekend ahead of the next fixtures?
5: No, like, I think it's important. Like, they'll have a week off after this fixture. They'll... Um, They'll go see the families. I think they've put a lot of hard work in. Um, the, the, the players who have gone away and played in the XV have put a lot of hard work in internationally and then they come back to club and every club's got a big expectation on them now to um, uh, perform within, within um, our environment. And then also I've had, like you said about Carmella, she's been with me through the whole process of pre-season Played pretty much all the Prem Cup games, gone through to the Prem Cup, so she gets to have a week off and spend some time with family and recoup. And I think that's just that's really as, that's just as important as training um, next week. I'd say they deserve they deserve some time, but we can't look at that. We have just got to keep all eyes on Exeter. And
0: um, kind of just a few quick ones for me. Just looking back at sales, start there were twenty-one out of the thirty starters in that game were internationals from kind of a variety of different teams, just. Do you think that's kind of testament to how much the league has grown that there are matchups all over the pitch and kind of every game you play?
6: Yeah, I think, you know, it's definitely down to the way that the league is now. When I first joined, um, you know, the Prem back in 2017, I think, or 2018, um, I played for Harlequins and then it was like a handful of like different internationals. And I think definitely over the years, like teams from like everywhere are now um, getting like all internationals in from from all different areas which is definitely boosting the league in a way it's bringing like the quality of performances higher week in week out and it's really like pushing people Um, even like students for example that are coming through um the ranks like pushing them to perform better each week because they've got a lot of competition and then it's pushing internationals to also do that as well because you've got the younger ones at your heels pushing you on but yeah like it's definitely changed massively and i think it's um only a positive thing in my eyes Thanks.
0: And plenty of Scots, both in your side and in sales side. Do you think having them kind of so distributed at the league is only going to help the national side grow as well?
6: Yeah, I think, like, for years, that's always been our aim. Um, you know, when I was younger, um, I went to France, and that was the main aim, was to get more experience at a higher level, to go back to Scotland and take that experience with me and into the into Scotland. And I think, yeah, like, it's only going to benefit Scotland in a positive way um, to get more, more exposure to high-performance areas and, like, high-stress environments where, you know, you have to think on, on the ball and you have to think on your feet and react in, in game situations or even after games as well when it comes to um analysing. And it really, it, it makes you look at the game in a different way. And it, it it's definitely helped us over the years as the performances show. Like, you know, Scotland's, you know, we struggled to win games at, a lot of the time, but now we know six games um win on the bounce. Like, that's, you know, only testament to how... Our players are spread over the league and and how it's um positively impacting us as a um country as well.
0: And just heading into accident this week and just kind of how important is it to carry on that momentum that you've taken from the win over sale?
6: Yeah, I think it's it's massively important for us. Um that's been our aim this week is just to um you know have back-to-back performances. You know, we performed against um Leicester and then we had a really tough game against Bristol, and then we performed against Sale. And I think it's just about backing that up. It's about doing it, doing it like, you know, on the bounce and showing what we've done in training and how hard we've worked in training over the last, you know, even six months. Um, how we can put it on the pitch a second time around and almost like having the belief and the confidence that we can do that, because just now we've we've not had that. So definitely like the you know, belief and the want to do that and the work rate to do that is is um massive for us um going into this weekend.
0: And you faced it in one of your Former clubs within the PWR, just kind of what does that feel like as a player going back to play against a former club?
6: Um, I think for me it's exciting. Like I love to challenge myself, and I think going against um team um opposition that were once teammates is 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 big for me because it's you know I enjoy like on the pitch like having a laugh and you know interacting with old teammates, new teammates, you know, just like um, making it a bit fun. And I think when you play a team that you've played for before, there's always that element of it. You know obviously you're very, very focused on doing your job, but it kind of just makes you um feel a bit more comfortable and a bit more like at ease because like you're excited for what's in front of you. And I think that's that's definitely the thing for me is like I'm excited to see how I can perform and how I can do like, you know, one on one matchups against um opposition that were once teammates is is really exciting for me.
0: I back at Franklin's Gardens at the weekend just how much have you kind of enjoyed playing there so far?
6: Yeah, I really enjoy Franklin's Gardens. I think you know it's an amazing pitch as being a back. Um, you always want a pitch that's kind of you know looked after, and it's 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 nice to run on. And I think it's massive for me. And then also like the atmosphere we get a lot of fans along. Um, you know which are you know little girls, little boys, you know adults, parents come along, and you know they're always up for a chat after the game, which is really nice to have, and it just makes you feel um it's almost like a home from home, almost for me. I've only played there you know a handful of times so far, but even then like even my first game I settled in really well and it is it is a nice um, stadium to play in and you know we've got um even though it's branded as Northampton Saints we've got our little touch on it now which it is is nice going forward and it makes you feel like you know part of part of that club and um part of the future as well
0: just one last one for me obviously it's been such a massive block of kind of period of fitness obviously you had that um bye week but just how much are you kind of looking forward to a rest and how much kind of has this first block of has been a successful,
6: Lightning? Um, Yeah, I think we're all, as players, athletes, looking forward to a break. You know, it's it does build up, like, the week after week. And, yeah, you've got a bye week, but you don't fully switch off. You're still thinking about what's the next game coming up and what can you do to be, to be better, to be in the best place for that game. And, yeah, I think we all are at a point just now where we are really excited for the time off, but we're also, like, we're still focusing. We're still thinking about XR. Um and what was the What was the second part? And um, just kind of
0: how much of this first block has been a success for Loughborough so far?
6: Yeah, I think the first block um has been pretty successful so far. You know we've got a couple of wins under our belt, which is um you know hugely positive and a confidence booster booster for us, especially with the way that we finished last season. I think we really struggled there, and I think a lot of motivation was really low. And I think the the way that this has went so far is really positive. Like you know we've we've targeted the teams that we really wanted to go towards and and we've got success from there. And it's just about building from here as well. Like, you know, we're not going to wake up one day and it's all going to be changed and we're all going to be, you know, world-class and, you know, amazing at our structure and amazing with um, Nathan as our new head coach. You know, it does take time, but I do think we can definitely take positives from what's happened so far and take that into the next block after Christmas.
0: As we mentioned earlier, we're kind of having a bit of a pathways focus of this episode. And to start off, we're talking to kind of a couple of members of the England 20 setup. We'll talk to Sarah McKenna, who is their new consultant assistant coach, kind of taking the attack lead on that. And also Tori Sellers from now Saracens Women, formerly of Warriors Women, and kind of about her. Journey to where she is in her rugby career, how she's finding the England camp. It's her third year in an England of the 20s setup. So really kind of different and interesting story from Tori. So we'll be talking to those two now and let's get into those chats. So kind of how the role with the pathways in England of the 20s came about for you. Uh,
7: yeah, well, um, so i has been coaching uh, about six years now, um, sort of at, at various different places, and then last year as she had the chance to come into camp. Um with the under twenties, just as sort of a, a guest coach, um, and then caught off it. Then uh, contract with the rivers uh, over uh, summer, so uh, sort of uh, out what I was gonna move to next in my life and what the next opportunities were. Then uh, had a missed call from LJ one afternoon. Um, And got back to her, and she sort of offered me the role. So it was—it was really exciting, having been in that environment before, knowing, you know, the talent that was around, and you know what they wanted to do with that program to try and create future Red Roses. You know, when obviously that opportunity came about, it was really exciting, and just so pleased that you know L J thought of me as uh, you know someone that she wanted to work alongside as her assistant.
0: A lot of that experience came at O A Saints, wasn't it? So just kind of, how does? coaching women's rugby at that kind of level differ for you, you and kind of coaching at a pathway level?
7: Yes yeah, so I think probably the biggest difference is is the is the difference in age like at um, OAs at the moment coaching 30, 36 year old sort of women who've got uh, children full-time job and you know some very um, amazing jobs and people with very different stages in their life. Whereas obviously in the pathway, you've got girls who are between that 18 and 20 year old age bracket. A lot of them are sort of still in education or, and like associated with potentially, um, you know, Premiership clubs or, or something there about. So sort of very different places in their careers. I suppose more than that, think my principles in terms of how I see the game being played is very much the same. So bringing those two together is, is you know almost exactly the same so um in terms of that it doesn't it doesn't change too much but i think there's probably just a little bit um of difference around where those players are at what they've probably experienced during that day and also the way in which you coach them obviously uh, difference um in sort of that training age and, and what they've experienced before
0: you've also kind of stepped up to coach at saracens this year as well haven't you so how does that role kind of balance with all your other coaching setups
7: Um, Well, I suppose the the Saracen stuff, um, the player coach role is dip my toes in it a little bit and probably a little bit more than I'd want to, uh, being injured at the moment. So, um, probably sitting on that coaching side more than I'd like to. But yeah, obviously, being at Saracens a long time now, now so know sort of what we're trying to achieve there, the way that we want to play, absolute clarity in that. So actually, that's been a, a really seamless transition, uh, but one that I'd like to move back, put the scale and the dial back towards the playing side more than the coaching side at the moment. But just waiting for that, for uh, a couple of things to heal up and then hopefully I'll be good to go.
0: How do you kind of see yourself as a coach? Is it kind of a motivator, a deep thinker or kind of where do you see your balance of your coaching style?
7: Yes, yeah, so I think probably probably the first one um, on anything, I, I like to think that uh, I've got that player sense still in my head, like still playing the game and I can sort of um, see things from a player perspective and, and where those challenges lie. I think, um, you know, I think sometimes when you haven't played the game in a little bit of time, then sometimes you forget what it's like being a player in those scenarios. And sometimes it's having, um, I think, some level of, regard for making mistakes, understanding that those pressurised situations, what's going through your head at the time, and then trying to help the go- girls and coach them through those experiences, um, obviously from a from a player perspective. I think sometimes when you're f- removed from the game, you can see it very um, structured or like formulaic when actually there's, there's such a human element to it, which I think I'm still really close to being a player myself.
0: Have you kind of modelled your style in any of your past coaches? Obviously, you've played under so many world class coaches during your career, so you kind of modelled yourself in any of them?
7: Um, yeah, probably. Uh, probably a little bit from everywhere. Uh, yeah, like you said, being blessed playing uh, or being coached by by so many players, and actually, again, playing alongside alongside so many players and so many players that i have played alongside of also being coaches if you think about the likes of you know Katie Daly McLean you know she was as much of a coach to me as she was a uh, you know a teammate so I think yeah a little bit from everywhere I think pretty more recently um, had James Tyrrell uh, coaching our back set up uh, last year at Saracens I think he, he was hugely inspirational in, in the way that I see the game.
0: And just how important are camps like this for the under 20s kind of are heading into season? Obviously, like you said, these first can you've seen in this season. Just how important are these camps?
7: I think, you know, they're they're really important in terms of getting our getting our eyes on the girls and, and just seeing what they're doing, like put constant footage coming out of them playing uh, like within, their, within wherever they're at. So that's something that me and LJ try and keep a, a track of as much as possible. So it's not so much that when they come here, that's the only time that we've seen them, so that pressures on them to perform. But I think more important is that you know we've we've got this idea of how we want to how we uh, see the game being played and trying to get that into them. You yeah. know, there's a reason that they're at those camps. They're um they're talented. That's why they're there. So I think for me and LJ, it's that balance between getting in the right structure, but then not overcoaching them. You know, like I said, there's a reason that they're there. They're extremely talented. So trying to marry up that balance between adding that game plan, that, that game model element and then also bringing some of their best assets out. So yeah, important that we get them together. Um, but then also, you know, allow them to be free within that. Mm-hmm.
0: And just how are you finding work with LG obviously such a well-rounded and well respected coach in the women's games? How much are you enjoying working with her so far?
7: She's she's been awesome. Yeah, just um, you know, every interaction I have with her, I think she's just um, got so much she makes you feel like she's got so much time on her hand, like listening to you, really empathetic, uh, really understanding. Uh, in terms of her some of the detail around the contact areas, just uh, unmatched. Some of the stuff that she's brought from her own experiences and fighting, uh, I think is, is so unique and um, somewhere I can see myself like, growing massively off of her. I think as a as a leader, she's massively inspirational and she makes I think the whole like set like and people around her feel like they're in a massive family and, and cared for deeply and I think I remember when I was in under 20s and Giselle was my head coach and she very much had a really similar feeling about her where we felt really uh, looked after and that uh, we had someone who was sort of in our corner fighting for us and someone who believed in us and I think LJ has really similar qualities and and something Working alongside her, you you also feel that from her as well. So yeah, it's been it's been you know a dream transition to to work under her in this environment.
0: <laughs> and obviously, there's so many of the kind of under twenties group playing regular PWR rugby. How important do you think that is for kind of the success of it, any kind of England under twenties side?
7: To to be playing in PWR, yeah. Yeah, I think obviously it's important that like the the best players are having exposure at that level, but I don't think it's it's the be all and end all. I think um, know it's, it's great for those individuals if they're if they're playing at their level, and of course it'll add uh, massive experience and which they can bring back into that group. But I don't, I don't think it's be-all and end-all. We've got players playing at many different um, places in different leagues and experiencing their rugby um, You know, at, at different places. So I think the biggest thing is that they can all bring that together and not lose sight of sort of what makes them them and some of their best assets and, and not lose that. Like, look, It's amazing that we've got those those star talents, but also there's players doing amazing things elsewhere in other leagues.
0: And there's plenty of your Saracens teammates within the kind of squad and group. Just is it a little bit strange coaching them when you've been kind of with them as a teammate?
7: Yeah, I think so. I think, um, yeah, it's a bit strange coaching them when you've been on nights out with them. (laughs) Um, But no, I think, uh, yeah, they're they're a really good bunch, really uh, players who first and foremost work really hard. So I think it's always easy to coach players who, who do that. And um, so I think they, they they make it
0: really easy for me and, they're just, they're and just last one for me, you can't you've kind of touched on it with uh, um kind of modeling yourself on past coaches, but you have have you had any kind of words of advice from people you may have coached you or kind of people have made that step up into the coaching setup from being a player?
7: Um, no, I don't think it's, it's so much word of advice, but I think probably the, the most, uh, the best thing that people have said to me is sort of like giving me their time, that I can go and discuss things with them, I think, i've had so many people be really really generous in in terms of saying like look if you ever want to come down and chat about something or want want to look at that this together look at that together um just being greeted with so much generosity uh, with people being open for me to sort of learn off them and experience that i think um, yeah any any anything any queries i did have come up I, I know there's loads of people who who could support me there so i i feel like sort of really um yeah really supported within that so yeah across all sort of areas that I'm coaching in at the moment.
0: First of all can you kind of just give me a little bit of an overview of kind of your rugby journey to kind of today obviously I know a bit more about the Worcester and Saracens bit but kind of up until that Worcester kind of pathway and centre of excellence kind of what was your rugby journey like?
8: So I started really young um age six with my twin brother at Seven X Rugby Club um and then at the time my dad was coaching us and then there wasn't a girl section so he set up the girl section at the club uh, for me and like a few of the like sisters of the boys and stuff to start playing and that's kind of grown ever since um I spent a year at Ailsford Balls um playing county rugby so my county is Kent so I played under 15s 18s for that um, got into Richmond Centre of Excellence back when they were in the Premiership um, and then age 16 went to Hartbury so played two years at Hartbury where um, I then got selected to go into 18s camp um, in my first year so then was playing at England 18s uh, which is where the transition I had to Scrum Half came about um, then in my second year of Hartbury, um, age 17, I trialled for um, England under 20s and then got in there. So and then I've kind of just been in the setup ever since. And then I moved to Worcester as well. Um, and then Worcester University as follows. And since the downfall of that, I've um, moved to Saris as a new signing.
0: And just to start off with Hartbury, just So many people talk about it as kind of seemingly this kind of magical place. Just what is it like to kind of go to Heartbreak, and kind of be nurtured in that kind of rugby pathway?
8: I think just that step moving away from home is very like different. And you're kind of thrown into like an all rugby environment. Like you're surrounded by rugby, especially like all your mates and like that kind of bond you make with people as well is really special. Um, so I think that's what gives Hartbury almost an edge in that as well. And like the players they've obviously produced, you can kind of see from that, like what it's kind of done and what it gives you. So from a coaching and player development point of view, like it's pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. And the standard is there.
0: Yeah. How did your shift to Scrum Half come about? Was that while at Hartbury, sorry? Uh,
8: so in during at Hartbury, so I went to Hartbury as a flanker, believe it or not. Um and then getting into the England setup, James Cooper Coops, he um spoke to me and it was kind of a decision of like, look, you're not that big, but like if you wanted to push for a Flanker, like we could do it, but like it would take a lot of work. But I also think you should have a go at Scrum Half, like I think you'd be really good at that. Um, and I just thought, you know what, well, there's no loss in trying something new and like learning a skill set. You can be versatile in that sort of aspect. And I just kind of went and gave it a go and just kind of went off from there.
0: Who was in your, who else is kind of in that heartbreak grade with you while you were there?
8: Um, so my second year, well, there was Maisie Allen. She was one of my yeah. second years. Pip um, Hendy. Um, she was my second year. And who else Nikita Prothero mm-hmm. um my age grade was the likes of um Leah Bruff, who's in camp um Lucia who's also in 20s camp at the moment um and then some of the younger girls who I was second years to, so like Millie Hyatt who's coming up Sophie McQueen who's also coming up from 18s um people like that
0: mm-hmm. um, how exciting is it to kind of now be training and playing against these players when you see them stepping up into the PGR knowing that you went through that kind of harper experience with them?
8: Um, It's quite nice like just that friendship you can like have and like just seeing other players and rugby world becomes quite small like you don't think it but then it just kind of gets small how you know people through other people like through different clubs and through the pathway and different environments so it's quite nice that you've built that friendships.
0: And what was your kind of first experience of an international match obviously um, and 18s kind of have those inter into pathway games but kind of what was your first international experience?
8: So my first international experience was uh, I think against Scotland Learned in under 18s, um, and then against France, which is always a very tricky game. Uh, they always bring like a certain flair, which is always interesting and always a challenge to play against, but it's really exciting at the same time. And then going into 20s, a I just turned 18. So my first senior women's game was against the South African women's team, like the main women's mm. squad which was, it was good, it was a challenge, put it that way, Um, definitely a challenge, but definitely a memory I'll always remember, Um, so yeah, it was good.
0: Did you, after you made your kind of 20s debut, did you bounce back down to 18s as well?
8: Uh, Yeah, so instead of, so I played uh, against Scotland, and then for the France games, I bounced back and did the Six Nations. It, I think it was the first time they'd done an under 18 Six Nations. So I went back down um, and got lots and lots of game time in that. Um, and it was just a very different environment. And it's quite nice to see like the how the program's developing and the fact that we've now got these Six Nations events that are going on and we can kind of share cultures and like skill levels like against other countries as well and nations
0: obviously this is going to be your third year kind of at under 20s level now just does it feel a bit strange kind of being a senior player but you're still in an age grade side
8: um yeah I think so it's it's very different like every year has been very different for me from being like the baby of the group like a bit intimidated to now being like more comfortable in the environment and you can kind of Um, guide players through it who haven't necessarily been in this environment before and kind of help them out as well um that is very different to now being one of those older ones and almost a role model as such um I don't want to say that but (laughs) (laughs) Uh, kind of am I guess Mm -hmm.
0: and you mentioned you're kind of heading to Worcester uni or you headed to Worcester uni sorry are you still kind of studying there and if so kind of how are you finding the balance of a rugby career and uni life
8: So I am commuting to Saracens, believe it or not. Um, So I'm traveling. I'm still doing university and doing lectures, and then traveling down to Saris on a Tuesday and a Thursday, which is quite tough. I mean, some nights I don't get home before midnight, which isn't great. But um, at the same time, like my university have been really, really helpful. Like they've adapted my timetable and really like helped me through. just everything like managing load of um, work and bits and bobs. So that's really helpful.
0: And just obviously, last season, you kind of had a near enough full season of Premiership Rugby with Worcester. Just how was that experience? Kind of your obviously, you made your debut the season before, but kind of having a full, near enough full season, how enjoyable was that and how much learning did you have from that?
8: It's very special especially playing like under the likes of Joe Yap as your coach and the players that, and family I know people throw around family a lot but we really were we were really like I had like almost a mum and a dad in the team and they kind of bring and they bring the best out of everyone like regardless whether that's on pitch or off the pitch um, it was really something special and being able to develop like with the likes of Katie Matt, like we worked together quite closely, which was really nice, like just paired up as nines. And I think we pushed each other to be quite competitive as well within the game. And it really helped me as a player to just grow.
0: And I don't want to kind of dwell on the start of the season too much because it is so sad with what happened with Water, but just how tough was it for kind of yourself and the other younger players around that squad, not knowing what the next step was going to be
8: it was devastating like we were all heartbroken just because of how sudden it had been um I mean LJ the 20s coach especially has helped me and kind of the pathway been very very helpful in like trying to guide like all of us young players towards a prem club or towards what they think is best for us whether that is like playing university bucks or um pushing us towards maybe even champ and getting more game time there or, or finding us a prem club which is going to facilitate like our needs and what is best for us individually whether that means traveling further or changing um whatever it is and also prioritizing our commitments so if university obviously is a big driving factor for a lot of us um on where we could go on what could we do? Like we do have a life outside of rugby, which I think people do forget. Like we have jobs, we have university that is also very important for our futures. So it was tough, but it was made a lot easier with the help we got.
0: You mentioned that help, just kind of how did that Saracens move come back? Was it kind of down to LJ or was it kind of phone calls with Alex?
8: Um, I think that I've spoken with a lot of clubs and um Alex reached out and it was a lot of the decisions I made weren't taken lightly at all um there was a lot of factors that came into play whether that was university uh, where I could transfer to for like future years and um how it would work logistically whether um what they provided and gave me as a player um whether they could like meet my needs as such because I think it it was very important to every individual whether that was like medical care what they needed and Saracens just met what I needed so it just felt like a the right suit
0: for me. And how special was making your debut for them over the weekend?
8: Uh, It was very special it was it was nice to get on the pitch with the girls and actually like kind of show what I can do and hopefully like put myself in a good place for future and stuff.
0: And obviously plenty of international kind of scrum half so in Ella and Leanne, just how much have you learned from them so far? So you've not even been there that long, but how much have you learned from those two kind of internationals?
8: I think just being in that environment and like being around them and with them, it kind of pushes you and you wanna you kind of watch them and think, okay, how can I put that into my game or like we're not all the same we're all very different nines and I think that's what makes it better is you can take little bits from each other and kind of build that and I can kind of build my own based off of them and yeah it's been really like I think I've already improved within the short amount of time um just being around and surrounding myself doing those nine sessions and extra bits extra skills and nine stuff with them so that's quite nice
0: and being quite kind of fresh at a scrum of in terms of for somebody who's played rugby so on you're quite fresh in scrum half, do you kind of model your scrum half playing is kind of on another player or is it kind of taking a bit of everybody?
8: Um, I'm not too sure, uh, if I'm completely honest. Um, I don't really know who I'd... Um. I'd like to say, I'd like to be more individually, but I'd say I'd like to play more like... I don't really know that's a hard question skip sorry
0: (laughs) and don't worry and just kind of a last one for me just kind of what are your aims for the season both kind of within an England setup also within the Saracen setup as well
8: um I think just pushing as much as I can for um like in both environments just take being a sponge like learning as much as I can um trying to get as much game time as possible in the England setup and um, like being that leader as well. And then at Saracens, kind of just keep training hard and seeing where it gets me kind of thing.
0: Speaking with that kind of pathway theme from England the 20s, i we're gonna talk to you in a little bit, Georgia Brock from Gloucester harpree the flanker from Gloucester and um, both well, she's a coach at Harper College um for the FE kind of further education ace program um and their women's side have recently been at the world schools festival over in thailand they sent two sides out there with one of them winning the tournament playing five games winning five games scoring 243 points and conceding none just to remember this this was a seventh tournament out there as well and there was another side out there um who played five, four, losing just one against the other Harper side with a points difference of 52 as well. Just an incredible achievement for those two sides. But we're going to talk to George kind of about how she got into this coaching kind of set up there at Harper, um and just the experience of being out in Thailand, kind of some standout performers and what's next for this Harpreet squad. So let's get into this chat with George. So, George, thanks so much for chatting to us today. Just first of all, how are you and kind of you've from that journey back from Thailand?
9: Uh, just about we got back yesterday at midday so it's yeah a day post I had 12 hours sleep and I've seen some of the girls and they've all said that they slept well last night so yeah just about
0: just kind of before we get into chatting about kind of the experience out there as a whole just what is your job role within that kind of coaching setup and also how did you get into that coaching setup as well
9: Uh, so I am the forwards coach for the under 18s women's program basically so I started off as doing the development stuff last year and then I've just progressed, taking on more and more each year, basically. Um, But obviously I went to Hartbury College, went to Hartbury Uni and then it's just gone straight from there, really.
0: And just what was that experience like over in Thailand, just kind of as a coach, but also experiencing the culture as well?
9: Oh, it's amazing. It's we only, We've we only seen a small amount of Thailand and from that, I can, it's a lovely country and yes, completely different culture, but it's a lovely, like everyone's was so welcome and yeah, it's just amazing really.
0: And kind of just how did you find the tournament? Obviously the girls kind of smashed it both sides. One of them, I think the stats was for 243, not conceding for the um, the Acorn side and the Oaks just losing to the other side. So just what was it like kind of watching the girls succeed out there?
9: Ah, uh, it was yeah. Is that's what we went out there to do? We went out to win, and obviously, it's it was fun to be t- challenged in a different way. So playing against different teams from all around the world, and I think for us, it was different. Obviously, having sevens in the middle of the middle of the year, it's different. We usually focus a lot of that towards the end of the year. Um, but it's great. It's great for the girls. It's great to see that it is the hard work that they do in here week in week out. It is showing across the board that they are progressing as an individual, I guess, as well.
0: And just kind of, does that make you proud of the coach to see how much they're developing, even from, like you said, something they're not focusing on fully yet?
9: Oh, definitely. Uh, I think that's the main thing Ollie and I took from it, is that we're very proud of the girls. They obviously, they're working on themselves individually, so can't really, like, they are doing everything that they can do. So it's hats off to them. And hopefully we're halfway through the People's second years, halfway through people's first years, that this is just a marker of where they are, and then obviously going back into the fifteens league, going back into uh, competing in the ACE program and stuff. So it's yeah, getting back into that, but it's a good marker to show where they are.
0: Were you? Did you play ACE when you were at Harvey College? Just uh,
9: so yeah, I played. It was so I played ACE. It was a completely different program to what it is now. Mm-hmm. So it used to be selective so there used to be 12 people each year so it was yeah it was very different whereas now everyone's involved and everyone gets rugby so mm-hmm. it's a di- complete different kettle of fish really
0: how important is kind of that development for just English rugby and kind of the pathways through English rugby to kind of see that the opportunities are developing
9: oh it's even so I was at college five years ago and to think how far it's gone on in just five minutes uh, five years sorry um, it's amazing for Pathway Rugby. Um, we've obviously got a lot of young talent and I think the way that the college, Harper College at the moment, I think a lot of colleges are taking, looking at us and going, you know what, it is something to invest in. So it's a, it's only going to get better. And I hope moving forward, it is even more challenging. Like The girls want to be challenged. So I'm hoping that it gets even bigger and even better from there, really.
0: And also, how important are those, kind of those tournaments like the World Schools Festival and opportunities like that to kind of challenge yourself differently? Obviously, like Roslyn Park as well. You have in the summer, just how important are those different challenges?
9: Oh, it's it's very good. It, like I've said, it shows where the girls are at, and it gives us markers. And it also it's good for the girls to understand different challenges. Like even though. Yes, the Acorns didn't get a point scored against them. They had to deal with different uh, challenges. For example, the weather, back-to-back games, Like there's different things that are, are, they've had to get overcome basically in the last 10 days. So I think it's a very much a different learning process, but it's also very beneficial for the girls. Like We got off the plane straight there and then had to go in the day after. So it's understanding how to deal with that, all the different emotions that come with it.
0: And how did you and you kind of manage the heat and kind of different brand of rugby potentially playing in such hot conditions?
9: Um, so the way that the tournament was, we only really had one training day. So we had one big training day. That was the Sunday. So we got there on the Saturday. The Sunday was a big training day. And then it was very much, there was a lot of, there was a pool, an Olympic sized pool. So it was a lot of pool recovery. Um, got them in the gym. And then the day before, it was more like a run through, walk through. There was areas just that we could do walk through, but we had to take a lot of ice with us. So we've been through a lot of ice the past couple of days, a lot of cold towels. And I think it's very much the hats off to the girls, that done themselves proud. Like they managed to understand how to deal with the heat. A lot of them took themselves away, put them there was uh, changing rooms with air con, so they went and chilled out in there. But it's very, it's for as coaching wise, it was understanding how to deal with substitutes and stuff from there but to get the most out of them
0: you mentioned also kind of the range of talents within the kind of heartbury college setup just who is kind of standout performances from over in town who's kind of the ones to watch for kind of people keeping an eye on people coming through uh
9: there's a few obviously you've got the stand you've got daisy aspinall who yeah very much stand out but then you've got a couple of others who did stand out flew under the radar slightly so you've got like Sarah lockwood who's He's Welsh, scrum half, phenomenal talent. Same as Hannah Marshall. And then that's the um, acorns. And then from the Oaks, you've got a couple. You've got like Lily Selman who in the bar, uh, Bristol setup, sorry, Bristol CV and stuff. So there's there's a lot of talent coming through and it's just, mm-hmm. yeah, getting them all into different places, I guess.
0: And just kind of finally, what's kind of next with this squad? Obviously, you touched on kind of being in the middle of the, the A scene, but kind of what's next for the squad and what's next for you as a coach?
9: uh it's what's next they're all on Christmas holiday now so they've got a couple of weeks off and then straight back into it we've got game a couple of weeks into the term so it's getting back into fl- getting them back flying into the 15 season really and I think yeah it's making sure that they're already there's a lot of uh international camps and stuff coming up so it's making sure that they're all progressing as individuals not as well as a team so it's getting them into the best shape for camps but also leading into the final in March. And
0: finally just to round off episode 9 of the Women's Rugby Show Weekly we're looking a little bit at the news as we always do. Starting over in France and just kind of round up the results from the last round of the Elite One Feminine. there's no games now to Christmas, so we'll be looking at the league table as well. In pool one, Stade Bordelais beat Montpellier 17-8, ASM Romanat beat Bobigny 37-0, and Stade beat Stade Villeneuve 10-6. That means our table over in pool one sits Stade Bordelais first, Montpellier second, ASM Romanat in third, Stade Villeneuve in fourth, Stade Francais in fifth, and AC Bobigny in sixth. Over in pool two, in Toulouse won away at Blagnac 10-7, Grenoble beat Pau 48-12, and Leon won. 1- 27 12 over Stade René. Just to look at pools through the table, Toulouse currently sit top, Blackknack in second, Grenoble in third, Lyon in fourth, Stade René in fifth, and Pau in sixth. Moving on to books, women's national league now, and after this weekend's results, we're also heading into a break over Christmas. Just look at the table, Cardiff Met still sit top, but they're getting really quickly chased down by Harprey and Exeter, who played seven games each. Hartford on 31 and Exeter on 29. Cardiff Met are top on 35 and play three more games, though. Then to kind of round off that table, Edinburgh in 4th, Loughborough in 5th, Cardiff in 6th and Durham in 7th. Looking at the Championship now and starting off in the north, um, Sale eighteen sixty-one and Westport Leeds both played nine games in 1st and 2nd being really closely chased out by Chetland Tigers, who sit in third, having played two games less. Looking the rest of the league, Nova Castrian sitting fourth, Kenilworth sitting fifth, Buckingham Swans sixth, Barnsley seventh, Worcester eighth, and Bishop Auckland in ninth. In the Championship South, Thurrock sit top of the table, OA Saints in second, Richmond in third, kind of those top three taking a little bit of a gap away from the rest of the league, like in the Championship South, the top sit Championship North, sorry, with the rest of them. Bath in 5th, Sutton and Epsom in 6th, London Irish in 7th, Beckham in 8th, Newbury in ninth, and Reading Abbey 6th in 10th. That was a lot of words. I'm very sorry for that. But finally, to kind of round off the news, the Celtic Challenge is really fast approaching and we're looking to do kind of a Celtic Challenge special next week ahead of the opening round fixtures over New Year. But we've had our final coaches announcements from the Celtic Challenge. Also, some squad announcements start to trickle through. The coaches over in Wales, Riff and Thunder, are going to be coached by Ashley Beck, the former Worcester Warriors player and last year's Warriors women coach. And Gwalior Lightning are going to be coached by Kat Nicholas McLaughlin. Over in Ireland, the Cloves will be coached by Dennis Fogarty and the Wolfhounds by Neil Al- Alcorn. Sorry. And finally, come some of the squads over in Scotland have been announced with Edinburgh and Glasgow. Um, Edinburgh side have been Drawn from Watsonians, Stirling County, Harriet, Cuspin Cougars, and plenty from Edinburgh University. And that side features actually two full Scottish internationals in Emma Orr and Saradenno. In Glasgow, 10 clubs represented with the Prem Champions, Champions, Stirling County, have six players. Hillhead Jordan Hill have five players, Watsonians four. And actually, six of this year's Scotland under 20 side, including Holly Brogan, who captained them versus Italy in that Six Nations, under 18 Six Nations are also in that spot. So that's quite impressive for Glasgow to see that pathway emerging and have the opportunities for those younger players who perhaps aren't going to estimate a step up to international, full international level yet, having these opportunities over with Glasgow Warriors. So plenty of news to kind of sum up there. But just if you're listening to this, still listening to this, make sure you have a great Christmas. Um, if you're listening on Spotify, don't forget to check out, check out our Instagram and revise first so you can listen to us. On the go. But I've been Sam, by the way. This has been the Women's Rugby Show Weekly. Have a great Christmas and we'll see you next week with our Celtic challenge special.